Hey friends, it's Mal. Welcome back to the Witch Church Podcast. And I'm super excited because today we will be exploring our queerness through a radical tarot with my friend Charlie Claire Burgess. Now, you've probably already heard of Charlie, um, but if you don't know who they are, Charlie is a queer and trans non-binary tarot practitioner, writer, deck creator, and witch. They are the author of Radical Tarot, a guide to reading tarot radically for personal and collective liberation. The creator of Fifth Spirit Tarot, a queer and inclusive deck for a world beyond binaries. And the creator of the Gay Marseille Tarot, which comes out in 2024. It's a cheeky queer update on the classic Tarot de Marseille. They are currently at work on their next book, Queer Devotion, an exploration of the queer divine in deities and figures of myth and legend. Charlie is originally from the Deep South and has made their home in Portland, Oregon with their spouse and their one-eyed pug, Apollo. It was so awesome to talk to Charlie about tarot and queerness. Uh, This episode's extra special because we both sort of shared a coming out story in a way, and uh, it is October 2023 at the time of the publication of this episode, so National Coming Out Day happens in October, so I'm just so glad that we were able to have this conversation together and really ask a bigger question about how even the process of tarot may invite us into exploring and embracing our queerness. And a big part of the episode was going into how the definition of queerness isn't just about our sexuality and gender. And we talk about how the tarot can help us explore queerness in a greater context of our lives. So uh, super awesome episode love this conversation walk don't run to go get the radical tarot charlie's new book um it's next level tarot goodness you'll love it and enjoy the interview how i want to start i want to start with talking about myself no i'm kidding but i'm like i'm like oh i have this great guest on they wrote this awesome radical tarot book and um and I definitely want to ask you uh a lot of different questions about queerness and the tarot but one thing I just wanted to say right off the bat that I connected with in the book is this idea that like uh tarot you say not that it makes you gay (laughs) but like tarot being in in an inherently queer experience. And I was thinking about this this morning because in 2018, um, I was living abroad right before um, I got my first tarot deck. I was, yeah, living abroad. I was dating a cis straight man um, from a distance. He was still living in America. I was traveling Asia. And I broke up with him because he told me he was going to visit me and then he didn't follow through. And it's so funny because, um, and granted, you know, I'm, 
I identify as gay and queer. So like, obviously, you know, that's me being in this huge long distance relationship was like a, a good way to be like, mm, don't really want to, don't, <laughs> don't really want to be with you, but sure. Um, so, you know, long story short, broke up with him. I find myself in Hong Kong. We were supposed to go on vacation together when he visited me, but he pulls out. Right. And, um, I booked this solo trip to Hong Kong and that was like summer of 2018. And I actually got my first tarot deck in Hong Kong. And I swear to God, the minute I got that tarot deck, I was like, I can't, I can't be straight anymore. Like I was like, (laughs) I was like, I can't do this. So I, I really do think it's not to say, like you say in the beginning chapter, radical tarot, it's not to say tarot makes us gay, but I think there's something even inherently queer about receiving a tarot deck. And like, I don't know, I just view my beginning of my queer exploration and receiving my first deck to be like one in the same. Um, And I, I start that because I would love to you know, probe you, I know you share in the introduction of your book that you got your first reading at a Renaissance fair, which prime, prime gay content. Um, Love it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I would love to know, like, how, how would you describe the parallels between discovering your queerness and also discovering tarot? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for asking this question because I, this is, this is a subject that I love to talk about um, and for sharing your story about it. Because I mean, I I think to start off, like, I'll just say, as I say in the book, you know, whenever we use tarot, we get to know ourselves basically. Um, uh, It's every time we pull the cards, we're, we're sort of spelunking inside of our own psyches you know our desires our fears our motivations um and so you know if there's something that we have been repressing avoiding hiding from the tarot is going to bring it up (laughs) you know it's going to show us that um and so i think that for me um i know that for me both times that i came to tarot in my life uh first as a teenager and then um, when I was 30, um, it was concurrent with my like two different queer awakenings. Um, and the first time when I was in high school and I started reading tarot, uh, that was at the same time as I was realizing like, and accepting that I was bisexual. Um, and like, I was not reading tarot well. I had no resources. You know, I had some like, you know, I had the little white book that came with my writer weight deck. And that was, I think it, as far as tarot resources are concerned. Um, and maybe the little bits that uh, some of the Wicca books uh, and witchcraft books that I had talked about with tarot, but like, I had basically nothing. I had no, I had no friends that read tarot either. I was afraid to talk about it. I was afraid to tell anybody about what I was doing. Cause I was raised in, um, the, uh, in the Bible belt in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and, uh, but yeah, still, even so it was at the same time as I was realizing that I was, uh, bisexual and that I was, you know, 
kissing some girls and developing some crushes and stuff. And um, eventually uh, I ended up though leaving tarot. I ended up leaving witchcraft as well. Um, Cause like, I think it's because I didn't have good resources and I had no community for it. And so when everything just got to be, everything started being hard, you know, I've had struggles with depression and with self-harm and things like that. When I was a teenager, um, I just kind of, I don't know, and when I would look into the future, it would just look so bleak, you know, <laughs> like I didn't see any future at that point in time, which was like the early 2000s in Birmingham, Alabama. I didn't see any future where being myself was going to work out. <laughs> um, the only queer role, role models I had were um, a creative writing teacher who had to hide uh, who she was because for fear that she would lose her job. Um, uh, and, um, my boyfriend's grandfather who, um, left his wife after decades of marriage to, to be himself as a gay man, um, and live with the love of his life, uh, which I was, was inspiring. And like, I've, I loved, I love that man, but, his entire family disowned him except for my boyfriend and my boyfriend's mother, you know? So just none of the, none of the role models I had, I just didn't think it would be possible to be who I was. And so I threw away my tarot deck. I threw away my witchcraft books and I decided to try to be straight, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so that's what I did for the next like 12 years of my life. Um, and I kind of went full nihilist and believed in nothing and was just trying to survive in the only ways that I knew how. Um, I married a cis straight man, um, <laughs> kind of like what you said about uh, your ex-boyfriend. Um, he had a job where he traveled a lot. So. <laughs> I think that's how we stayed married for, uh, as long as we did, which was like four years. Um, and in my late twenties, witchcraft started coming back into my life through some friends that I made, um, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where I was living then. And with that started to come just like my awareness again, like I started, it was like, I was waking up to the, the world. Like I remember uh, noticing things like the seasons, like I had been so dissociated for so long, <laughs> just completely like out of my body, out of time, you know, um, and rediscovering a, any kind of spirituality, um, which at the time I was calling agnostic paganism, um, was like, was like coming back into my body and coming back into the world. And so I started, um, and I'd like discovered what non-binary was like, it wasn't a word that I had. Um, uh, I didn't know it was a possibility. And the, I remember the first time I learned that word, I was like, wait, that's a thing that I can be. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, is this, is this me? Um, and so things started happening. Uh, and then 
when um I went to that Renaissance fair and um got a reading from um a, a the new brand new friend um that I went with it just like I don't know it like is almost like open Pandora's box <laughs> in a way um because like he put the cards on the table is technically a milk crate but like on the table <laughs> in air quotes um and was saying like you know I think that it was something like something's blocking you from like you know the the future like that you could have or like the happiness that you could like something like there's some sort of blockage I think is what he was saying and I remember racking my brain trying to figure out what that was you know and I just pulled everything out of my hat I was like could it be this thing could it be that thing could it be uh this childhood trauma could it be this you know thing over here is it my job like I literally pulled everything I could out of the hat um until I got to the very fucking bottom and was like oh I am not in love with my husband I need a divorce um and I think I'm gay like, <laughs> you know? like, and it was just like I don't, I don't know. I started bawling, but like in a good way, you know, like in a, a it was just like this gigantic release. Um, and the knowledge was scary because it would mean changing my entire life, um, but potentially ruining quote unquote my life, <laughs> you know, but just like changing everything. Uh, but I was just, I was happy, you know, I was, it was like a feeling of joy almost. Um, and so the next day after that tarot reading, I, uh, bought, uh, my second tarot deck. <laughs> the first one being the one that I threw in a dumpster in high school and started reading tarot again. Uh, and this time I had resources, I had books, I had the internet, you know, so I could find a community. Um, I had a friend that had just read my cards that I could talk to about it. Um, and through the process of reading the cards, um, which I did pretty much every day, um, uh, it guided me through my divorce. Um, it, and then it guided me through my, my gender awakening, uh, which was, you know, was, was beautiful, but was also fraught. Um, like, I, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm rambling. So if, if you, if you want to jump in with a question, please feel free. Um, I've taken over. This is my podcast now. <laughs> no, no, I honestly, I I'm so enjoying this. So yeah, please, good, good, please good. continue. Yeah. Um, I did have a moment, like probably like two years in, uh, to reading that I almost left tarot again. And it's because at that point I had, you know, totally realized and it embraced the fact that I'm non-binary, but this deck I was using was so binary. Like it seemed so binary, you know, I'd gotten to this place in my sort of gender journey where I was like, you know, finally sort of like awakening to the fact that the world as that we live in is so, so freaking binary, like gender binary 
roles, norms, stereotypes everywhere, you know, just like we're saturated in it <laughs> to the extent that like, um, you know, uh, gender and um, heterosexuality are used as, as like metaphors for the divine, you know, the divine feminine and divine masculine. Why does divinity have to be on the gender binary. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I don't think that <laughs> the divine has a gender, you know? <laughs> hey, yeah. When we use words like feminine and masculine to talk about these things. What we're really describing is, is qualities maybe, or like um, ways of being, ways of relating to ourselves in the world that don't have anything to do with gender necessarily you mm. know uh but are instead things that all of us have uh, you know all of us have access to all of us have inside of us and then we get into the like sort of apologetics that um people use where they're like well we have the masculine we have the divine masculine and divine feminine inside of all of us um, I'm like, great, cool. Then why are we still calling it the divine masculine and the divine feminine? Like, can we just like use different words at least? Because all that does is just reinforce the gender binary, you know, totally. anyway, I, have a whole... <laughs> I went on a tangent there, but like, uh, same thing with the tarot with the emperor and the empress, you yes. know? Yeah. Or the Kings and the Queens. I just started getting really pissed off about it. <laughs> And then I was like, I don't know if I can keep using this tool of the tarot deck um, if, if it is so binary, if it's so heavily gendered, if it's so straight, like the, the, the metaphor, you know, at the end of esoteric tarot, it's the, it's the reunion, the union of the masculine and the feminine in the world card um, uh, in, in historical like esoteric thinking um the person on the world card was said to be a hermaphrodite um as the like you know uh merger of both masculine and feminine qualities which uh today is we understand is problematic to make you right. know intersex people a metaphor for like the divine mer merger of masculine and feminine some intersex people might be like cool yes I would like to be that and a lot are probably like no that's not my experience of who I am and I don't enjoy being used as a metaphor thank you you know but like that that merger of masculine and feminine is just using heterosexuality um a heterosexual in intercourse in a way as a metaphor for divine wholeness suggesting therefore that we aren't whole unless we're doing it with the opposite sexual organs from ours <laughs> you know right, I mean? right oh it's my gosh saturated in it <laughs> and what's like really striking me about this sort of timeline for you and the tarot is like the first time you threw away tarot as a teenager, it was almost, I, maybe there was some subconscious knowing that like, oh, if I keep working with this, like um, maybe oh. I'm going to 
you know, realize something about myself or it's going to point shit out to me or maybe I'm afraid of knowing. And I think that's, for me, it's kind of, uh, I, I do, I've seen people do that. Like, and I've seen myself do it. I think I was totally interested in tarot and astrology for a long time, but I had a deep fear of getting a tarot reading in t- up until 2018 when I got my own deck and started reading for myself. But I was seriously afraid, like, what is this tool going to put in front of me? And like, what if I don't want to hear that truth, you know? So it's similar to this sort of avoidance of our queerness. Uh, Sometimes we avoid these tools that would show us this queerness. And then fast forward to now, you as a non-binary person, you know, having this journey with like, I just can't stand this binary of the tarot, almost throwing away the tarot then, but it's more like from the opposite perspective, like now I know my truth and this is almost now trying to put me back in a box of binary, which now I don't want, you know? So Uh it's this, this total end of the spectrum, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I had this like reckoning with, with the tarot um, when I was like, on that point of almost, you know, chucking it again, um, where I did a reading and it was just a three card reading. And I think it was the chariot, the hierophant and the high priestess that I pulled. Uh, maybe I, it might not have been the chariot. It might've been like the lovers or something. I can't, I can't remember, but the, uh, I had this like sudden, like lightning flash light bulb moment when I was looking at those cards where I realized oh shit actually the tarot isn't isn't actually binary it isn't actually gendered even though we talk about the masculine feminine duality in it and we have cards like the empress and the emperor that have historically been very saturated in gender norms um I was like fuck the tarot shows us the appearance of a binary or the appearance of a, of a duality so that we can overcome it so that we can break it so that we can realize by the end of the major arcana journey that all of it's an illusion, (laughs) you know, it's all, it's all a dream because that is the lesson. Like that is the, the journey of the major arcana, right? Uh, It's whether we call it the fool's journey or whatever, um, usually it's been, you know, said to be a journey to quote unquote enlightenment. Um, and what that quote unquote enlightenment is, is, uh, uh, the reunification of supposed opposites. It's the realization that nothing was actually ever opposite, that it was all part of one thing, that it was all just, you know, a spectrum or not even a spectrum because that implies two poles but like a, a universe of 3D, 4D, who knows how many Ds, like just multitudinous, expansive, indescribable, everything, <laughs> you know, like it, it walks us along that path. And historically, gender has been used to represent that metaphor, you know, um, but 
it's not, it wasn't ever actually about gender. It wasn't ever actually about, you know, human body parts. It was all a metaphor for something else that's much more numinous. And so I'm interested in um, how we can work with the tarot towards those means, towards those ends, and like not have to do it through a binary gendered mold, you know? Ooh. Although I, I do think that that was necessary for me to get there, you know, to sort of like crack that egg and, and get to that place where I had that realization. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, yeah, I think that one of the things that this amazing pack of cards is best at is confronting us with the things that we think are true or that we've been taught are true. Um, these roles, modes, uh, categories that we've been taught to put ourselves and everybody else in. Um, it shows us those things. So then, then we, then we can reckon with them and we can break them. <laughs> we can, uh, change them even. Um, and I mean that for every, every single card in the deck does that. So not just, the, not just the Empress and Emperor, all of them. Oh my God. Oh gosh. Yeah. This is great. And you know, um, I think in like tarot, let's say uh, a lens of the tarot that's not necessarily queering every card. Um, my mind not only goes to the empress and the emperor, but really the hero font tells mm -hmm. me like, okay, this is what we've been taught. This is how we've been conditioned. This is the truth that you've sponged from your parents, your priest, whatever. And like, now it's time to really consider um, is this actually what I believe? Um, but it's kind of nice because when you queer the tarot, um, every single card can have some kind of element of queerness in it. And maybe that's such an obvious statement, but I think like going into the tarot, even as a queer person, I didn't really, I haven't thought about, um, you know, until the past maybe two years or so to be like, okay, every single card could be queer. Oh, and, yeah. um, and it's not just the hero font or it's not just the empress and the emperor. It's, it's every single one of them. And um, one thing I loved in the introduction of your book, you just asked this very, or you posed this very innocent um, like musing uh, where you're talking about how tarot is queer and you just say like maybe there's something queer about you too mm -hmm. and I underlined that because I was like yes yeah like I think if you really engage with the tarot again it's not to say you know tarot turns people capital g gay or you know but like it's yeah I think tarot will show you maybe this is queer and it it, maybe this is uh, maybe you're not necessarily um, like sexually queer or gender queer, um, or maybe you'll never identify as those things. Uh, but maybe at the same time, tarot starts to show you, oh, wait, yeah, like that. This is how I could think of my own queerness or, or whatnot. But yeah, I, 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 I just love that musing. Maybe there's something queer about you, too. Yeah also how confronting that is for a lot of people 
Um, yeah. And, uh, and maybe why we're sometimes afraid to work with the tarot, like, oh my God, what if the tarot shows me there's something queer about me? Yeah. And then, and then I have to change my life. Then I have to make different decisions. And that scares us, you know, that, that is, it's a scary thing to, to, to disrupt our, our lives like that. But in the interest of living a life that's more authentic to who you actually are, eventually you're going to end in a, you're going to end up in a place where you're a whole hell of a lot happier than you are now living a life of low-key denial, you know, like, totally. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, one of the, one of the things that, uh, is cool about tarot well first of all people who are drawn to tarot um tarot is kind of like it's kind of like a self-selected group people who come to tarot are already like a little bit weird you know like <laughs> like we're 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 we've got some like misfit energy we're we already are like sort of thinking about or approaching the world in ways that are different from the status quo in the norm which you know, tells us either tarot is a, a tool of the devil or tells us that tarot is just foolish because, you know, the only things that are real are things that we can like measure and uh, test scientifically with our fancy instruments and stuff. Um, anybody who's coming to tarot has already done the work to be like yeah I mean fine but no like I I believe something different I'm willing to step into the unknown with this tarot deck uh because that's what that's what it is whenever we do a a tarot reading we are stepping briefly into a space of unknowing even if the eventual goal of that reading is is to gain some knowledge about something you know to look into this that or the other we're stepping into a place of unknowing in order to do that where we're like what could show up you know what cards are going to land on the table we don't know um we have to step into that liminal space uh in order to to get there and that liminal space that space of unknowing is a very queer space yeah. queer as in um not the norm queer as in odd as in other you know um and so when I say, you know, maybe there's something queer about you in the book, maybe it's, you know, classic LGBTQ queer, or maybe it's just something else. Maybe it's, it's how you see the world, you know, the things that you want for your life. Uh, and I do think that there's a lot of, a lot of people who are straight and who are cis that are still very queer because they're not they're not living inside the boxes of the gender norms that ha society has laid out for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like there's, there's so many different, there's so many different ways to be queer. Um, and I think the tarot is an essentially queer tool because of that, that space it, it takes us into and the kind of inquiry it invites. Um, yeah. And, you know, on that note, you know, the, the three, yeah, the three pinnacles of the book for you with tarot is, yeah, tarot is queer. The archetypes are alive, which I want to ask you about. But the other, the third point that you have is tarot does not predict the future. It helps us create it. And my mind is like, 
being blown right now because you're making me think um like of course I don't really teach the tarot from a predictive lens but I'm thinking of um just even the idea of a future that we can predict like a planned future how straight is that how heteronormative is that and this is like the first time I'm really coming to that right now like this idea that sitting down and using the tarot to say what's going to happen to me tomorrow is uh is like heteronormative conditioning vibes yes Just, just as in like the programming starts from the minute we're born and we start watching the movie where the princess is pursued by the prince and you have babies and are married by the time you're 27 and a white picket fence. I would hope we're moving away from that conditioning. Not that there's anything wrong with genuinely wanting that. I mean, yeah, sure. I have, I have straight friends that I adore who genuinely want to procreate. And I'm like, genuinely can't um relate but like I (laughs) I see that that's you know a genuine desire for you and like I respect it but just this whole thing of like uh that our future is somehow laid out for us um is so annoying to queer it's so annoying and speaking of national coming out day uh which is funny (laughs) we just realized before we press record that it is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, uh, National Coming Out Day. I mean, part of the pain of coming out is is uh, tell it, is ruining um, other people's vision of the future for you. Yep, um, yep. And uh, so when we, going back to what you said, tarot does not predict the future. Stepping into a space where you can create your future is inherently queer. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to know, yeah, your reflections on that kind of stuff. I don't know if that hits you at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. 1000%. Um, yeah, I, in the, at the, I think it's in the full chapter. Uh, I think it's in the full chapter. I, uh, talk about, um, uh, an idea from Jose Esteban Munoz, who, is a queer theorist who wrote the book, uh, Cruising Utopia, which is a great classic of uh, queer theory. Um, and he, in in the book, brings up the idea of straight time and queerness's time, yeah. um, where straight time is exactly what you just described. It's that, it's that orderly projection of, you know, uh, your born you go to school you graduate you go to college you meet your uh future spouse you get married you have get like that ordered you, know, you work until you are retire or you die like you know that's straight and orderly straight in both meanings of the word um uh conception of time you know of of what what we're doing in a life but also just the sort of orderly progression of of the universe even. Queerness's time is something totally different. It doesn't move in straight lines. Um, It understands a different sort of conception of what is possible for the future and for the present and even for the past, um, which is a whole idea that 
I'm not, I am not qualified to like speak on, but um, a quick book recommendation for anybody who wants to explore that idea in fiction is, um, oh, uh, uh, Confessions, Confessions of the Fox by Jordy Rosenberg, I think. I'm getting that right. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing novel that um, uh, I think exists in this conception of queer time. Uh, so everybody go read that book. Also written by a, a trans author um, and featuring a trans main character, I should say as well. So excellent book. Um, but yeah, so in the full chapter, I talk about this idea of straight time and queerness is time. And uh, in the, in the, imagery of the classic full card where we have the Rider Waite Smith tradition full card at least where we have the the cliff and the fool walking towards the cliff um and in this card we're sort of like presented with the choice of do we stay on the cliff do we keep clinging to the cliff do we go no 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 that's foolish fool you're about to fall and like fall to your death and die and ruin everything and break all the bones in your body dear lord stay on the cliff or do we take the step off and see what happens. Um, straight time is the cliff. Queerness is time is the void um, on the other side of the, the cliff's edge. And the tarot literally in the very, well, it wasn't always the first card in the deck, but in the fool, um, we are invited to take that step, to enter that, that void, that void of queerness is time. Um, and I think that's also the space of the tarot reading where we can, we're literally divining different futures. And I think even the act of pulling cards um, and the act of interpretation itself is an act of changing the future, potentially, you know, because when we, when we pull cards on the table and we're looking at cards in a future position, we're going well, do we want that? Like, is that, does that look good or not? And if it doesn't look good, what can we do to change it? We are literally creating the future. You know, do we go, oh shit, there's the 10 of swords in the future. So I guess I'll just keep doing everything that I'm doing and <laughs> just end up there. Like, no, we, we go, okay, what can I do to avert this outcome? Right? We are creating the future. We're changing our trajectories, you know? Mm. So, yeah <laughs> yeah you're making me oh yeah I'm just sitting in like how harmful um that sort of linear heteronormative span of time is for literally everyone oh yeah uh, everyone um I happen to um uh I I'm based in Chicago and I do some a handful of like tarot events and I'm picky about which ones I choose uh just because I'm a I'm a highly sensitive neuro spicy person and events burn me out so I'm like oh like you know picky but uh there's this bachelorette party that I said yes to and it was super fun like but I was struck and this isn't me this isn't me talking shit about like any of these women like these were all like really amazing people and we had some great readings and thoughtful readings um but I was I was struck that like in this room of like basically 20 straight women um pretty much 
85% of them sat down with like the same life story. Like yeah. I, I'm having, and they, they all had like, uh, you know, kids under like seven years old. And like, now they're in this, like this heteronormativity time warp. And like, again, this isn't me like criticizing that. Cause I do believe on some level, like that's their sole choice. Right. And like, that's what they truly wanted and everything. But like, as a queer person reading for all these, this group of straight women at a bachelorette party, which is basically a party about heteronormativity. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I walked out of that, um, read that, that event saying, Oh my God. God, thank God I'm queer. I've been saying that a lot. I've been really saying that a lot lately. Um, like I've just been like, thank it's a, it's a, it's a blessing. It is a blessing <laughs> because, you know, we have to, we already have to reckon with our, you know, perceived life trajectory and what, you know, we already have to, to step outside of that space. And so we're more likely able to, just like free ourselves from all of the, you know, false choices and conditioning that we can, like it, there, it is a blessing and I agree, thank God. But, you know, I think that, I think that, um, like when you were talking about how maybe there's something queer about you, how that could be like a confronting question. Um, I think that for a lot of straight people, like, so in, uh, in the, all of the trans panic that's happening right now, for mm -hmm. instance. And I do, I'm non-binary, uh, but I also identify as trans and my spouse is also trans. Um, uh, all this fucking trans panic that's going on in the United States, uh, I think is, well, A, like first it's a, it's part of the political machine. It's a tactical political thing that people in the pow in power pulling strings in order to get votes and blah, 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 blah. But um, the the real actual people who are so scared of like their kid seeing a drag queen in a park, like where that fear comes from, I think comes from some like, I suspect comes from some sort of like core place of being terrified that they could have made different decisions in their lives about who they are and what they wanted and they didn't and the terror of that and of looking back you know having to reconsider your conception of of uh, of gender of uh, who who you are who you could be what's okay to wear what's like how it's okay to act reconsidering those things can be so fucking confronting and terrifying um and like so it's not about, it's not about the trans people. I mean, we already knew that it, it was never about the trans people. It's, I think about all of these people who have been very closeted in their lives, very protected, very, you know, that straight and narrow path, um, adhering to the rules that we are taught. If you do this thing and then this thing, and then this thing, and you act this way, um, uh, then you will be happy you know, the great, the great American dream, all that stuff. Like here is the recipe for happiness. Stay inside of these boxes, do these things. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of people who are unhappy <laughs> and 
the terror of confronting that and confronting you could have made different decisions not even because these people are like secretly gay or trans they not not at all but just they could have made different decisions in their lives they didn't have to do the things that they were programmed to do and that that's a terrifying thing to think about oh totally <laughs> and i think uh you know i and this isn't necessarily me you know suggesting at all that we have like empathy for these like politicians that are so pro or like pro the anti-trans movement and all this but at the same time I'm like um something I've kind of been holding space for is um um I see a a huge fear reaction in that Mm -hmm. again I'm I'm not I'm not throwing whatever Mike Pence a bone or whoever's up no, there. No, because but, they're they're the people who know exactly what they're doing. They're not exactly. doing it for the children. Exactly. Like they're doing it, it they're doing it to rile but, up people up and get votes and crap like that. Oh, totally, totally. It's like it, it's like uh, you know, there's like there's such a deep yeah, there's like a deep fear of loss of control, I think, with this mm-hmm. underlying this whole thing, which I think queer people can relate to we see that part in any sort of coming out situation too um even if we had perfect parents even if we had two lesbian moms who raised us in san francisco or whatever you know like still there's some loss of control in the in this sort of coming out journey and like you know i think we can all kind of we've all felt that deep visceral fear of I'm losing control of the narrative that I've been programmed to live and um not everybody in this lifetime is gonna like break out of that you know it might take a few lifetimes that's the Pisces in me talking um but uh (laughs) you know um and also maybe me speaking to like my inner child too like my wounded inner child who has parents who probably won't really understand my queerness ever mm-hmm. and sometimes a good way for me to cope that cope with that is thinking like okay like you know it's not this lifetime <laughs> like uh yeah I don't know but anyways uh one thing I want to veer into too um uh Charlie is the um is well it's like back to the fool I mean have you ever seen a more a bigger homo than the fool no <laughs> yeah <laughs> true true yeah yeah I mean in all of the fools uh like archetypal history throughout you know tarot deck art history um the fool has always been an outsider um and- yeah. yeah. And uh, I was thinking, you know, I teach a um, sort of twice a month tarot meetup in Chicago that's in person. And I'm lucky enough to have attracted like a group of like weirdos. Most of us are queer on some level. Most of us are neurodiverse in some way. And like, oh my God, we're the best tarot readers. Like, like it makes such an interesting class. Um, but yeah, going back to the fool, I think the fool is neurodiverse as well. And that's a whole other thing that we could talk about too, that we won't maybe get into right now, but this sort of correlation between the fool's neurodiversity and the fool's queerness and the fool's um, understanding of queer time and yeah. how when the fool jumps off the cliff, they are 
like uh, sort of saying, okay, see you later, straight time. Yeah. I'm going into the void, right? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. one the thing I was- The yeah. fool does things that, that the rest of the world says are foolish or says are insane. And um, when I when I use that word, I'm using it to- to literally mean the world thinks it like there's something wrong with your head that you're doing <laughs> this, you know? Um, and uh, the original fools in like the earliest decks um, that we have access to uh, were beggars. They were like people wearing rags. Um, they were the like village fool who was a person who was, neurodivergent you know who saw the world differently who experienced the world differently who who didn't think or act in the ways privileged by the mainstream and the norm and so yeah the fool has this like deep long history in literally just experiencing the world and reality in ways different than the privileged norm straight and narrow etc so yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to put an exclamation part, mo- ex- exclamation mark uh, at the end of uh, what you said. With yeah, that. well, and um, I think uh, too, like this is kind of prompting um, the whole experience of buying a tarot deck, getting into the tarot, learning the tarot, being open to this question or this concept. Maybe there's something queer about me it is sort of a fool thing, you know, when, when you, oh, I remember when I bought my first tarot deck in a bookstore in Hong Kong, that was a fool moment. I was saying yes to the journey. Um, Now, when it comes to actually, I guess, probing at our queerness with the tarot, of course, we're speaking to like tarot, using tarot in general, we're, we'll probe at your queerness. Um, you know, using tarot in general will uh, will maybe have you question some things about yourself. And will that questioning lead to I'm gay, I'm non-binary, I'm trans? Maybe, maybe not. Um, will that lead to like, oh, I actually want to be living my life this way and not the way society taught me? I would say that's even more likely than the other um, the other result. But one thing I wanted to ask you is like um, specifically just making space for maybe anybody who's listening who does have a tarot deck and maybe is struggling with like sexuality and gender and how to explore those things. And um, I guess, how have you used tarot or how would you suggest using tarot to maybe parse some of those things out um, because just even one thing I remember is um, I think there's this part in at least my queer journey where I didn't I didn't have like I didn't want to ex- like really go on a date with a woman or really go- start dating other queer people at some point because I was scared but yet I so wanted the answer of like, I wanted the answer without the work. I wanted the- Well, we're not, we're not, we're never trained for how to like date queerly, you know? Exactly. That that was not part of our rom-com Disney movie upbringing, you know? Exactly, exactly. I remember feeling the same way. I was like, how do I do this? Like, I know the things to do to like attract a man, but like, 
how do I attract literally anybody else? Like, how do we do this? What does this dance look like? Which is another stepping into the unknown and figuring it out. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, like, so glad I ended up stepping into the unknown, but like for a long time, I, I wasn't ready. And I did actually, it was Cassandra Snow. They had, they uh, sent me this ex exploring your sexuality spread over Twitter. And I don't know if they still use this, but um like I'll read what they DM'd me. Uh, they're like, this was like a few years ago. They said, I lay a line of five or seven cards down with straight on one end and gay on the other or man on one end and woman on the other end. And since it's a spectrum and not a line, I do like a half circle shape to represent the spots totally beyond the binary. Then I ask, where will I be the happiest? Ah, and Yes. I, yes. I remember, I remember, I remember them talking about this spread. Um, I think in the 2021 tarot conference that that Nick Kepley put on. Um, and I remember Cassandra saying something then about like a, like an alteration they'd made to the spread or something to, to like add to it or like improve upon it, but I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe I'll reach out to them and say that we mentioned this spread in, in our interview and I would love the most updated version to maybe put it in the show notes or something if they're comfortable with that. But anyways, that's to say like, that's actually like, literally I did that spread on the straight end of the spectrum. I had the nine of swords and then like on the gay end of the spectrum, I had the star. It was like, yeah. it was the most obvious reading ever and I was like okay I have no choice I have to like bite the bullet and start to like have that exposure therapy of exploring what is queer dating you know like things like that but I'm want to throw the ball to you like do you have a spread or do you have a sort of process that you use the cards or did use the cards to kind of get yourself over that cliff I guess yeah yeah. In, in my, in my tarot journey or my gender journey, my, my queer journey, um, I wasn't using spreads like that to get there, but on the other side of the journey, I have come up with like a few different spreads or methods, mostly for like feeling things out. Like, you know, I don't like, I don't like putting things in like a sort of like black or white fatalistic sort of box when it comes to literally anything uh so (laughs) instead of doing like um and I I said my little spiel about spectrums earlier um and so like in I I might instead do something where I literally just like ask the deck um like tell me about tell me about my gender you know or tell me about my sexuality and then pull three cards you know, or five cards if you want to, or one card, it doesn't matter, but decide how many cards you're going to pull and then pull some cards and read them just holistically, you know, be like, okay, so let's see, say you've got um, the Knight of Wands and you've got the Three of Cups and you've got the Ace of Swords. I don't know. Like we might look at at that combo and be like, all right, we've got some like strong, flashy, like uh, 
bravado energy over here with like the knight of wands we've got some like sharp discerning uh truth centered energy with the ace of swords and with the three of cups we've got this like softness this celebration maybe poly sort of energy happening you know and just sort of take them together and see what they they say um uh and then I also like to use a spread for any sort of binaries that we're we're trying to to break or break out of where um I will like uh, intentionally pick cards to represent each end of the binary whatever it is so maybe it's a gender binary maybe it's like the straight gay like I don't know or maybe it's um two things that are seem to be irreconcilable opposites in your life or ways of thinking about the world or something I'll you know pick two cards to represent them put them on either end and then shuffle the deck and pull three cards for like what what can help bridge this binary like how are these things connected and related and then once again read those three cards more holistically and that is um I'm pretty sure represented in the, uh, I made 22 uh, spreads as like a free PDF download um, for Radical Tarot uh, that people can get on my website. Um, and it asks for you to like put in like information about where you got the book. Um, but then you can just like download it for free. And uh, a version of that spread I just mentioned is in there as the temperance spread, I'm pretty sure. Um, and yeah, and a different, a different sort of version of it is actually in the Fifth Spirit Tarot guidebook for the, for the deck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got cards one and two, two conflicting parts of you alternately a false binary that you're assuming to be true you can also do this where you like pick you shuffle and pick those cards randomly which can bring up new things to think about like new things binaries that you're binary ways of thinking that you haven't previously been aware of right and then the spectrum of interconnection interconnection between the two for those three cards um and then a, a sixth card for the harmony arising from the complexity um and I do have, so this is a version, and of course, I'm showing this to, to Mallory on the screen, and nobody on the podcast is going to be able to see this, <laughs> but um, uh, I do have a version of that sort of gender or sexuality exploration spread that I described earlier in the Fifth Spirit Tarot um, guidebook that comes with the deck as well, where it's just pulling five cards to consider different things about you. So card number one is something to consider about your gender. Card number two is something to consider about your sexual orientation. Card number three is something to consider about your relationship style. Card number four, something to consider about your sensuality and pleasure. And five, something about you that's pretty dang queer. <laughs> I so, love this. Yeah. Which I challenge, I challenge cishet people to use that spread because there might be ways that, you know, even within your your cisgender cisgenderality, that's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> ways even in your gender or in your heterosexuality that like 
could be shaken up a little bit, like things about yourself that you might not know for like what you like, uh, what kind of relationship dynamics you want to be in, you know, that aren't uh, necessarily what you have been taught to think are what you should do, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, I love the idea of like, sure, like, like a straight cishet person still doing that spread and kind of being awakened to like, oh, like, I really have wanted to explore this kink. Uh Exactly. And like, I've only really, like, really experienced like the the vanilla side of like my Mm -hmm. my sex life. And like, Mm -hmm. this, this spread is really letting me kind of feel into the actual possibility of exploring this or whatnot. So I always think that's, that's amazing too. Um, Weird thing. And we can totally cut this out if you don't feel like it, but would it be like kind of a fun way to wrap up this episode? Can we, can me and you both pull a card for ourselves and and ask, um, like, I want one of those questions, like maybe like what's, coming up for your sexuality right now does that feel too personal or does that feel like a good uh a good pull I'm game I I'm game Uh, okay okay and then if if I pull a card that I'm like oh I'm not sharing that then I'll let you know (laughs) that's great and I'll um let me go grab my deck and uh I'll be right back yeah as the teachers will will lead by example and we'll we'll do the example spread and we'll just invite everybody who's listening if they want to join in and and ask the deck like yeah what's coming up with your for you and your sexuality at the moment I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what's coming up for my my queerness which could encapsulate that or okay I like that better I like that better yeah let's do uh let's do that okay Um, <laughs> what do you, what do you feel? do you, do you want to go first, Charlie? I mean, I don't even know if there's like, uh, much to say about this card. It's hilarious that this is the card that I pulled. And this is truly, truly actually the card that I pulled. It's the sun. Um, and the sun card in my, in my deck in fifth spirit tarot actually has me and my partner on it. <laughs> my gosh that I love that so that's me and Aaron on the card um where we're we're in a park I'm just going to describe it for the listeners We're, we're in a park sitting on a picnic blanket um with a dog which is funny because we just adopted a dog two months ago. Um, finally, this was an aspirational dog when I originally <laughs> illustrated this. <laughs> um, and the sun is shining and there's people, you know, playing in the background in the park. And for me, the sun card is about visibility. Um, it's about being holy and fully yourself, um, despite, despite the haters, <laughs> you know, despite the people who want to put you in a box. Um, and uh, I do actually in the um, in the original in the Fifth Spirit Tarot guidebook and in Radical Tarot talk about this card um, in the context of coming out, um, which is 
fitting based on our conversation today and today being National Coming Out Day, um, because that's a radical act of of uh, visibility. You know, it's literally making yourself visible um, in in your fullness. Uh, and it's also a radical act of self-love too, because like, as an act of going like, no, I like, I, I love myself enough to, to do this. Um, and for what's coming up with like my queerness right now, I mean, I think this card is probably just like, <laughs> it's acknowledging, um, what a big, gay trans moment I'm having right now in a very public way <laughs> with the publication of Radical Tarot and everything. Um, and uh, in in the cards illustration, I'm wearing a binder. Um, but since I illustrated the card, I've gotten top surgery and, and stuff. And so like just that, that I'm really feeling really good in in myself in my queerness in all of the ways right now <laughs> mm. um, and yeah just really passionate about queer joy and how that can um has changed my life and how I really believe that it can change the world so yeah totally. yeah what did you get well, I love, first of all, I love it, Charlie. And I love that you pulled that card and you'll freak out because I also pulled the sun. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh my God. And it is, it is funny that you, isn't that so, well, it's funny that you correlate the, um, the sort of coming out uh, with the sun in, in a way, um, because very recently, you know, me and my mom had a discussion for the first time about my queerness. And for me as a queer person coming out, I think everybody feels this way. It's a complicated thing. And like, I never felt aligned with this sort of big coming out moment because I you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like me. What felt good for me as a queer person was just like, like very nonchalantly dropping, you know, to my best friend, like, oh, I'm going on a date with a girl next week. And, and, you know, my best friend being like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's all I really ever wanted it to be. And honestly, the people who know me and love me, uh, for me, have reacted like that and it's been ultimately positive uh one of the reasons I was sort of avoiding that sort of information dropping with my parents uh was because I knew I wasn't going to get <laughs> this sort of nonchalant like oh yeah cool yeah let us let us know how it goes like I, I was only going to get a response that was going to require some emotional labor on my part and um and I quite frankly I just didn't want to do the emotional labor of that and um I don't know if I was ever really like you know up in the middle of the night with like uh sort of tingle in my stomach being like oh my god my parents don't know I'm queer it, it was never that I, I don't care it's more like I don't want to have this dumb conversation with them and they're gonna say something dumb and you know what 
they did say something very dumb, <laughs> you know, and um, and I think what I'm reflecting on is um, I was able to really hold my ground, and similar uh, to getting a my first tattoo this year, it's like a very visible arm piece. Yes. Because, you know, when you're a lesbian, you have to have an arm tat. Um, Required. But, like, how are we supposed to let other know, uh, let other people know? But, <laughs> like, akin to when my mom, you know, saw my tattoo, hated it. And I did a really good job, I will say, of being like, you know what? I love it. It feels like me. Um, I'm sorry you don't like it, but I love it. And sorry, see ya. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that kind of attitude. Um, it was almost the precursor of the queer discussion yeah. where I really had to be like, sorry, sorry, you have that limited view. That's not about me at all. And I'm going to go be queer now and go on a date with a hot girl and have fun, <laughs> have fun in your, I don't know, like have fun in your white picket fence prison. Like, that, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and maybe that sounds kind of cynical, uh, but anyways, that's my son reflection card um, in this moment, like this sort of, I don't need anybody's permission to be happy and to feel good about me. And, um, like anybody's perception of you and your choices in life. And, you know, it's, it's more about them than it is about you. Such an obvious thing, but it's true with the sun. <laughs> yeah. And, and standing, standing in your, in your truth and in like feeling that rightness in who you are and in like the life that you are living, yes. um, despite anything despite anything else yeah that's total that's total sun yeah it is it is so well oh my gosh so so <laughs> awesome well thank you for holding space for me to share that and I hope that wasn't too much but I guess oh, thank you for sharing that and oh. I'm, I'm sorry that that's the response that you got but you're you're sunning it up obviously <laughs> yeah you know I almost feel like sometimes when as queer people when we get that response um there's a freedom in getting that response too in a weird way because it's like okay yeah I got that response that I feared but at least I don't have to fear it anymore and yeah. now I can raise my middle finger just a little higher yeah <laughs> and freedom is is also one of the things that, that is associated with the sun so perfect yeah <laughs> and you're also then also sort of freeing yourself from from other people's expectations because you're literally just going like yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not fulfilling your expectations of me anymore I'm just doing myself now <laughs> yes it all goes back to like is it really even about sexuality or is it just freeing yourself from straight people time yeah 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 Bring yourself from from the the pre-programmed life that other people have decided that you should live. Exactly. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, Charlie, <laughs> it was such a pleasure to have you on, and I'm so glad we got to talk a little bit more. And um, of course, I'll have all of your 
your stuff in the show notes, but do you want to give just a little shout out to the book and where to buy it? And like, can we, is there a specific website for the book or do we go to your website? Um, you, you can buy the book pretty much wherever books are sold. So you can buy it on, you know, whatever website of your choosing, but um, you can also buy it from me. <laughs> and um, I love it when people do that because um, it directly helps me. Um, so uh, my website is the word witch tarot.com and you'll find it there in the shop. That's also where you can then get the, the free PDF download of those 22 major arcana spreads if you want it. Um, and uh, it's called Radical Tarot. I think we've said that. <laughs> um, yeah, you can also get the Fifth Spirit deck on my website as well. Or support your local bookstore. And even if your local bookstore doesn't currently carry them, you can ask your local bookstore to to carry it, to order it in, and they will be happy to do that. So amazing. Yes. Buy it from Charlie's website and not daddy Jeff, if you can <laughs> avoid it. And uh, also Charlie, you've got a gay Marseille tarot deck coming out next year. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so that's dropping in 2024. And then I also hear that there's another book called Queer Devotion. Is that also going to drop in 2024? That's going to be 2025. Uh, okay. And so that's currently, well, currently I'm working on finishing up the Gay Marseille Tarot, which will be available in like late winter, early spring of this next year, 2024. Um, and I am finishing, well, not finishing, I'm in the, in the thick of writing Queer Devotion, um, which is a exploration of um the queer divine if you will um queer the queer spirit in uh figures of myth and folklore and legend um in which I kind of like my goal with it is to make make these these figures accessible to uh queer and trans people and also to in many cases sort of like queer the stories themselves um, so a little bit of what we were talking about earlier with like queering the past, like the ability, like the queerness is time. And like, so it's, it's cool. So one of the chapters that I've written so far, for instance, is called birth of transgender Venus. Um, and it's like a trans retelling of, uh, one of, uh, Venus Aphrodite's origin stories. Um, so that's, yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. That'll come out. Um, it's, uh, currently expected in May, 2025. So yeah, right okay. that. <laughs> we'll look forward to that and I think um you said your Gemini moon right so wait this is perfect because you know Jupiter's gonna move into Gemini in a little while maybe like in four or five months and it'll be kind of cool to have be finishing that book and like having it come out with Jupiter and Gemini kind of oh that's that's very interesting to know because uh, not only is my moon there, but Chiron is there for me as well. Uh, Ooh, there is something about that that feels like healing. <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. That's yeah. Amazing. Couldn't help at the 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 professional astrologer in me couldn't help, but uh, but. Uh, However, so that's also my eighth house, so well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think. 
you know, for me too, eighth house can be like trans transmutation. Yeah. yeah and yeah. like, yeah, I wonder, I wonder all the stuff you're, you're transmuting in that, yeah. in that book. So yeah, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, cool, Charlie. Well, thanks so much for um, having this chat with me and I hope to have you on, on again one day soon. <laughs> Yes, I would love it. Thank you so much. This was an amazing, amazing conversation. So (laughs) thank you. Okay.